Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey guys, welcome to our episode today on loving your pets. We are going to revisit loving, the pet Loving talk. other people's pets? Um, I love your pet. Yes. Okay. I think I think it depends on whose pet. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, I think we're going to focus on puppies today, doggies. But anyways, yeah, this is a follow-up to episode 98 where we talked about pets prior to me getting one and the pros and cons and all that good stuff. So we're revisiting it. And what inspired us is that there is a wine called Pets by Field Recordings, which we've done in the past and we were a fan of. So we thought, what better way to drink a good wine, hopefully, and talk about something fun. So Jamie's going to pop for us now. I am. Um, So the wine, like I said, is called Pets. It is 85% Petite Syrah, 15% Primitivo. Um, there was only 110 barrels produced, so there's. I actually don't think you can find it online anymore. However, we did just buy this, so it is a recent purchase, meaning it's still in stores. It should be still in stores. Look how dark that cork is. Oh yeah, nice pop, by the way. Thank you. Um, and from those 110 barrels, they made 2,750 cases, so it is a smaller production. Um, let's see, 14.5% ABV. Uh, and it was aged for 10 months in American oak, 35%, which was new. <laughs> so Jamie's having uh, a little bit of trouble pouring here. I'm just thankful that I had a napkin, napkin on my Napkin in your lap. In my lap. It is very purpley, which we would expect with the Petite Syrah. So um, you should pour it on the table. I should, but yeah. You know, you'd think that I don't pour wine regularly the way that I'm doing Well, this, I should have like God. one of those things. Like a collar. That you put inside of there and, you know, you pour with. No, don't say that you should. Like, no, no. Who who does that? I don't know. I mean, I, if you should. I mean, I have I should, one. I all should. You do? Yeah, I have one. I never use it. Okay. I mean, I use my, the, I use my aerator sometimes. The Ooh. one that goes in the yeah, bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think this needs to be aerated. Well. We'll see. It's, it's funny possible. that you say that. Here, cheers. Oh, it smells. Wait. Wow. That's a that's a big that's a big bowl. A lot of plum on the nose. I'm just saying. Just from like my initial. I have like we got a cheers, bitch. Blackberries. Mm. <laughs> cheers, bitch. Even a big ding. Wow. So much going on. I have a surprising observation. Okay. There's, oh wait. Okay, I might, I might actually have to take it back. I was gonna say there's not a lot of tannin. I think there's a little bit on there, but there is on the back. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. This is like, ooh, my tongue is like not ew. Ooh, <laughs> my tongue is like tingling. Why does this remind me of Coca-Cola? <laughs> oh, like flat Coke. Like it's like, do you know when you kind of get that little zing at the ends if you drink? Yes. Coke and like there's something about the taste too. That's why I don't it's drink got a lot like of Coke, cola. but sometimes you, it's just what you need. It's yeah. Just what you need. I don't um, know. It's definitely kind of interesting. I assume that this is fermented dry. But I don't know. I we did is, not get those details. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it smells kind of sweeter. It also, when you taste it, and I feel like the heat just gets you like really quickly. You tell me what you think, and I can tell you what they said it sounded, it tasted like. Oh, well, shit. Okay. And, okay, also, I do think that this goes really well with what we have on our table here. The meats. Mm -hmm. Little pepper? Yes. We've got some... Oh, I think this is peppery. What's that? Peppery. I I think that this wine is... It it has some pepper. I think that might be the little zing on my, my tongue afterwards, but... Okay, so first of all, it is, as Sarah said, a beautiful color, right? It's inky, it's purpley, oh, lovely like Petite Syrah, like we expect. It's extremely fragrant. It is. And extremely flavorful. It's definitely fruit forward, in my opinion. Like, there's some dark fruits. Plum. Oh, definitely. Blackberries. There is a, a zing in it. 
I want to say bubblegum for some reason, but I don't know why. It's not sweet, but it has like... There is a hint of something that yes. makes you think that it should be sweet or that it is sweet. And it might be the oak that they used. I'm not really sure. Because you know how oak sometimes... Imparts different... Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I know it's American oak. But they say that it entices the nose with rich aromas of blackberry, boysenberry, a hint of cedar, and the flavors mm. are dark fruit, dark plum, boysenberry, chocolate-dipped blackberry. I mean, that's specific. With a long finish. It is a, it's a long finish. I'm yeah. feeling this down my esophagus right now. A rich and satisfying wine, perfect for getting cozy on a cold winter night. Let me tell you guys <laughs> that this is supposed to be spring, and it is freezing. It's like 25 degrees. It flurried yesterday. I... When we're recording. I am not okay with it being this cold right now. Like, okay, maybe 40s, 50s is fine. But 25, no. No. Okay, I'm not quite sure. I really do think that the tannin is a little lacking. And I will explain to you why. Okay. So, like, Petite Syrah. We talked, I mean, we've talked about Petite Syrah before, I think. But just as a refresher for new people and a funny little twist that actually relates really well to this particular wine. So Petite Syrah's parents are Syrah and Pelorsan. Yes. Which they're both French. The latter is a very, very rare grape found in France. Um, I think it's just blending. And actually, Petite Syrah is also known as Dorif. And it's actually named after the guy who, he's a botanist, who cross-pollinated this. And I think, from what I could tell, it was actually an unintentional cross-pollination. Just so happened that he was growing things and something happened. We unintentionally cross-pollinated spaghetti, squash, and pumpkin last year. So (gasps) Um, That sounds amazing. Was it amazing? It was okay. (laughs) (laughs) I want both of those things. I actually think I just prefer either one of them separately. Mm. It was mushier than a spaghetti squash. I think that made me upset. I think that's what it was. Oh, I was trying to make it like t- a spaghetti. Want, yeah, and it was mushy, and I think I, I was annoyed. That's, okay. Yeah. It was more about that than flavor. It's, it seriously sounds amazing. I, maybe because I've been making a spaghetti squash recently. Yeah. I just bought some more today. So it's known as Durif, and it was originated in France. It is now mostly grown in the U.S., California more specifically. What's interesting is that I was just reading earlier that Durif has not always been a, an approved synonym for the U.S. Okay. For Petite Syrah, but it recently has become. Much like Primitivo originally was not an approved synonym for Zinfandel, but it also has more recently become. Mm-hmm. But I think you and I have talked about before, Zinfandel and Primitivo, they're technically not identical but they are very very close cousins and so it's a weird it's a weird situation but Durif is petite syrah and this wine it's petite means small in french in case people didn't know that but it is a it is a big body it's a big flavor it has high levels of just about everything with medium acidity Now, uh, one thing that I think that we should all be very appreciative of, and maybe this means that we should drink more and more Petite Syrah, but wines that have a really high in tannin actually have more antioxidants than other red wines. So if you find a Petite Syrah or Pinotage, (laughs) which is also really high in tannin. So negative of a podcast. You can't see me shaking my head. No, she's like hard hard No to the Pinotage. Um, Or to not. Have you had to not? I, okay. I think I had it once and I disliked it. But that's not fair to the grape because I haven't had it enough. I think I've had it once and I actually kind of enjoyed it. Okay. From what I remember. Maybe we'll need to figure out what you drink. Yeah. And what we can drink. But anyway, so this one actually has greater health benefits than other red wines. The other thing I noted that Petite Syrah, they do recommend decanting for about two hours any petite syrah that has like really high tans could easily be cellared for, you know, a couple decades at least, it said. So darker fruit, big, bold wine. This is not for the faint of heart. This is for somebody who is ready to... You know, I feel like this won't age well. I'm not sure why. This particular wine, I yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. So ageability is usually determined by tannin, from what I know, tannin and acidity. And so high acid wines 
can be cellared longer. Like when we talk about Rieslings. Yes. Rieslings can be cellared for decades. Chardonnay cannot be. We learned that the hard way, guys. Well, yeah, that's true. We <laughs> That's very true. But high tannin wines generally are known to be able to be laid down. Like there's other things, other factors that go into it, but those are two typical characteristics of wines that will cellar well. I don't think that this one is in that same boat. Or- I just, there's something about it that makes me feel like with age... It's not going to be good. I think it's I think it's good now. This is already a four year old wine. Yeah, but I think Is my face really red? No. Oh my god, it feels like it's on fire. And I'm freezing. (laughs) Do you wanna warm up? Do you wanna come? We can we literally you should feel my nose. It's cold. Yeah. You're like lucky in a hundred and one Dalmatians. I know, right? My nose is so Oh, perfect. A pet reference. A pet reference. A puppy reference. Perfect. Um, So Okay, wait. So, I'm sorry. Did you mention the cost of this? Oh, no. Um, I think it ranges anywhere between like $18 and $22. Okay. I think we got okay. it somewhere around the $20 price yeah, point. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, like I said, it's not online. However, you could find it in the, in some of your local stores. We got it from Ray's. Shout out to Ray's uh, here in Milwaukee. Uh, or I should say Wauwatosa. Um, and Same thing. Yes, they probably <laughs> still have it. Um but yes, we've done so. Going back to field recordings, the wine winemaker, um, we've done field recordings before. The winemaker is Andrew Jones. He's so they don't just have field recordings; they have other labels called Wonderwall, Alloy Wineworks, and Fiction. They all have um, very similar <laughs> font and style yes. of labels, too. right? So you can easily identify it. You can. Um, and those other labels are more for multi-vineyard blends, whereas field recordings is more for a single vineyard. Mm-hmm. However, this obviously has two different grapes, so it's not single vineyard. Um, however, they did say they ventured away from their typical sing- single vineyard approach, and they love the result and forgive the trespass. Oh. Andrew Jones is the winemaker, like I said. Um, he's all about finding like underdogs. Mm-hmm. With untapped potential, and he's been making wine since 2007 from Central Coast and Paso, Paso Robles. Yeah, I guess we didn't say this is a California wine. <laughs> we didn't? No, we didn't. Um, this one is specifically Santa Barbara Bar- County. Yeah, Santa Barbara County, exactly. Yeah. So, he's yeah, he's a Central Coast guy. Um, he says he has stood in nearly every vineyard in the region, so he knows where to find these hidden gems that he ca- mm-hmm. calls them. Um, and like I said, goes to the underappreciated, the underdogs. So that's what I think is interesting. So he himself is not the vineyard owner. He is much like our friend Casey back at Stringer mm-hmm. Cellars. And I think even when we were talking about, um, oh my God, who was the other early one? Chip. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Reckless Love. Which we should revisit that one. They don't make that anymore. Do they not? No. They're all about their cannabis wine on and on that that. Label. We talked to him when he was just starting to venture into that. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Amazing how things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they don't have their own vineyard sites. They buy the grapes off of other people and they produce their own wine. And so I think it is really interesting because he, you know, with his with his job, he's a. Nurse, vine nursery fieldman who that's why he's like been around so much in California he kind of decides and sees like what the best is from his experience and he builds these relationships and through that you know gets offered a small section or a small output of their crop and uses that to produce relatively small quantities of wine so yeah. I think it's it's amazing if you go on their website and you look at the picture it looks like they have a ton of different wines but realistically they don't have that many there's just a lot of labels it's just a lot of labels and so i think that that you know it kind of speaks to the fact that they have different vibes and different styles for each of these different labels but it's very focused as opposed to making like 30 different wines you know different varietals and it's like yeah but how much you pay attention to everything. So I think, I mean, I think that's cool. And I've certainly seen Wonderwall and Fiction all over the place. Oh, same. So speaking of vineyards, like I said, it's two grapes, but it's actually four vineyards. Okay. North Fork, Rancho 
Vistadoris, Shell Creek, and Kerman Hill. Um, I don't know which which grape those vineyards are, yeah. but um, it is a little bit different for him because, like I said, field recordings normally is just single varietal, single vineyard. So, yeah. And I do want to quote one thing that they have on their site. It says, these bottles are good enough to save for a special occasion, but we're a laid-back crew, so don't feel bad about putting one back on a Tuesday night. I vividly I don't recall, recall ever. What, putting it back on a Tuesday night? <laughs> Definitely not. Nope. We go into the nice stash. Yep. Um, I vividly remember that quote. We said that on our last episode that we did. And so I just wanted to reiterate it because I think it's a good quote. It's what I live by, man. <laughs> You know what? You I'm telling always... you, there's a zing on my tongue like Coca-Cola. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Sarah's like going nuts over here like, <gasps> I know. It's, uh, you know what though? On a Tuesday night, you you should drink the good wine. You should. It doesn't when matter. are you going to drink it? Are you going like, to save it for when you're dead? It's Listen. like those people that say, eat dessert first. Because you never know what's mm-hmm. going to happen later mm-hmm. on in the meal. Anyway. I'm all about drinking the good wine. Mm. Also, sorry. I don't feel like this is a full-bodied wine. I think it's a medium, medium plus at best. It is definitely not full body. I see what you're saying. I guess if you had... You get it? Yes. I wasn't thinking about that. I think it's a heavy wine. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of flavor. There's a lot of there's flavor, lot but I see what you're saying. I don't think... I agree with you because full bodied has more mouthfeel and there's yes. more going on and it lingers a little bit longer. This lingers, but in a weird way. Um... <laughs> It is medium body. I, you know, it's funny. It's very unique. I don't think I've had wine like this in a really long time. I was just going to equate, and it doesn't taste like a fruit roll-up, but you know how like when you had a fruit roll-up when you were younger and you would just let it kind of like dissolve on your tongue and then it just kind of stayed there for a while because it's a fruit roll-up? That's kind of the linger that this is, but it doesn't have the it's not texture full body. that yeah. you know. I think my brain is wanting one thing. If I were completely blind doing this, I probably would have. It'd a be easier right because now. I think you wouldn't be looking at it, and you wouldn't know what it was—a preconceived notion. Yes, I think when you look at it, you're like, for sure, this is a full-bodied wine. Oh my god, Sarah, does that mean that when we do a blind tasting, we legitimately have to be blind? Oh, you guys, we are so excited for this. We almost. Well, we're going to practice. We're going to practice. We're going we're gonna... to go somewhere and practice, mm-hmm, actually. Mm-hmm. So We're going to be doing a blind tasting, though, live, guys. Yeah. We do need to figure out logistics. So, Sarah. Yes. We should get we'll, to Let's topic. get into our topic. Yeah. Okay. Last time we talked about pets. Yes. You were going to get a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Yes. You do not have a Rhodesian Ridgeback. I do not. I am not friends with a Rhodesian Ridgeback. I'm friends with Winston, the Scottish Terrier. Yes. He is... Totally not a Rhodesian. Definitely <laughs> not even not. close. But what's funny is I believe that we had talked about this was like an inkling. Like a Scottish Terrier was not even, even it was like it was an, an afterthought. Yeah. Kind of. But it was more like you guys were dead set on this Rhodesian. I think you had already put a deposit down or were just about to put a deposit down. And you guys went through quite a bit going from Rhodesian to the small breed, but also just like a lot of things in between. Can, can you, yeah. What, what is it like buying a dog? So I will tell you about our experience trying to get the dog and I will yeah. give you guys like some red flags that we thankfully did not ignore. Um, so like you said, we were looking at Rhodesians. If anyone doesn't know what they are, they are larger dogs, obviously from Rhodesia. They um, are beautiful. They're like short-haired, like a reddish color. Um, I think they were bred to like fight lions or I, some shit like that. Yeah, I think you. I think that's right. Um, but very good dogs. We were looking for something minimal shedding, and supposedly that's you know the kind of dog they are. Anyway, great temperament. So we found a breeder that was. An hour from us and we drove there they had just had a litter of puppies and we got mm-hmm. to play with the puppies and so when Which you're looking at a one dog of the best feelings ever yes when you're <laughs> looking at a dog you don't get the puppy obviously as soon as it's born it has to spend some time with its mom and then is it like two months three months it's about two months okay ish and so like eight weeks something like that okay um and then you will be able to you know get the puppy 
So this was, I can't remember. I think they were like a couple weeks old. They were so cute. They really were so cute. I have pictures with them. Little adorable little puppies. We went, and it was kind of like a little farm. They had a house, but they had a little pond. Seemed fine enough. They had other animals. But there was a couple red flags when we were there. One was that the parents... Yeah. They had like two male dogs or studs that they were keeping. Yeah. Like horses. Yeah. Right? I think, do they call them studs? I, I think don't they know. Do. No, no one fact checked me on that. Um, <laughs> so the dads or whatever were in these like fenced areas. Okay. And we went and approached them. And they were pretty, like, I don't want to say aggressive. I wouldn't say they were aggressive. Is that an aggressive breed? No, it's not. And so they were just kind of, I don't know. Their temperament was off to me. Okay. And one of them did not look like a full-on Rhodesian. He was much shorter in stature. He looked a little bit broader. So I was, like, thinking, maybe it's not a purebred. Oh, or has some sort of genetic... I just don't think it was a purebred. And I think they were probably trying to pass it off. But we had paid her. I think we gave her $100 for deposit. Anyways, we left and, you know, we're driving home and I'm like, something feels off about this. And then I asked her for the um, AKC. So it's the American Kennel um, Corporation or something like that. Club. Club. Thank you. You always want to make sure that, you know, they're AKC certified and like what paperwork they have and she didn't quite have all the paperwork especially for the health paperwork she was like telling me she works with some vet who comes to the house and does all all these exams it seemed very backdoor very shady why would they not have paperwork on like the i assume like shots or other information i don't know okay oh they did have they the shots yes but like that wasn't the issue it's like you know, you want to make sure that they don't have certain health problems. Oh, right. And okay. they weren't really... She was like, oh, well, this vet comes and, like, ensures that. But there's Great. no, like, certification, you know? So I was like, wow. mm, I don't need to get a dog that, like, dies, like, as soon as I buy it. Sad. Um, that would be sad. So sad. So we decided to forego our deposit and pass. Because of all those red flags that we... And you guys, we really wanted a dog. So, like, I was sad about it. But I was like, okay, I guess we shouldn't... You know, this is a big decision. Yeah. All right. So then we moved on and found another Rhodesian breeder. This time, it was someone who has bred show dogs. So he was really, really into it. Had, like, this huge application for us to fill out. I mean, it was super on point i'm like okay this guy's gonna give us like an amazing dog right yeah and i know all of you are probably looking at me like why did you not adopt okay we looked it was during covid and let me tell you you talked about this before there were barely any dogs dogs. to adopt (laughs) yeah and no offense to pit bulls but there was a lot of pit bulls and i'm not comfortable with pit bulls yeah. My friend actually adopted a dog around the same time, and she had a really hard time finding one. So anyway, we go back to this guy who is, you know, the show dog Rhodesian breeder, and seems like things are great, and he's like, I had a great conversation with him. He was so nice. We paid him a huge deposit. I vividly remember this situation, yes. by the way. Sent him, coming. you know, the application yada yada okay so we're i think the puppies were about to be born or something like that we Mm -hmm. or maybe they were just born and we signed up for the last male because we wanted a male dog and oh in the meantime by the way you guys we have mutual friends who were like oh you're getting rhodesian and they kind of like started looking into it and they got interested and they signed up for rhodesian and we were supposed to have like you know like cousin rhodesians Okay, so they got their Rhodesian. They got theirs, yes. Mm -hmm. Different breeder, all that stuff. So anyway, I was a little like not concerned, but I wanted to make sure that I was going to be able to handle this dog correctly. They're large dogs. They're like almost the size of me. And 
I wanted to train them correctly and make sure that I'm the one who's the boss and the leader and all that. So I was asking this breeder like specific questions, like, how do you train this dog? Like, you know, um, what is the best way to train them how to walk on a leash? Like, what is the best way? Because your experience growing up was with a small dog. dog. So Mm -hmm. I've never had a big dog. So I'm, you know. Not that you don't know how to be with dogs because... Right. I will just say, I think that you've done a great job. Thank you. But I just was asking these questions. And he calls me out of the blue and is like, hey, we need to talk. I really don't think that this is the right fit for you. Like, you clearly are uh, concerned about, like, the size of the dog. And, you know, I just don't think it's the right thing. I was like, no, no, no. We talked about it. I just want to make sure that I'm doing that I'm training this dog correctly because I'm aware that it's a big dog, right? Yes. He would not budge. He gave us our money back and he was like, see ya. It's like fucking mansplaining. And yep. Sarah, I, I vividly remember you telling me this happened and I was just like, no. It wasn't because of that. That dude gave the dog to somebody else. I swear that is what happened. And he was like, oh, fuck. So you're like, not the only one who said that. A lot of people have said that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been like, there must be, that was an excuse. There was mm-hmm. a reason that he. Oh, totally. Yeah. He would have found something else. He yep. Didn't he also say, he's like, well, you're too small. He, yes, he basically he did. Was he's like, never seen me small. before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He never seen me before, but he was like asking my like height and weight. And I was like, dude, I mean, come on. Completely he's like that outrageous. dog. He's like that dog. You know, the Rhodesians have pulled my wife around and like, I just think it's going to be hard for you. And yeah. I remember that and I was like, what an asshole mm-hmm. to basically pull you along this far. And then it to had go been a while. We had been planning this for <clears throat> at least a few. I mean, we'd been got at least a few weeks. We'd been yes. going through all emotions. Yes. I was about to buy like this huge ass crate. I know. And no, then it was I like did a, buy it. I'm sorry. I bought it. Too? It was in the garage. And actually we ended up giving it to our friends who got the Rhodesian. Oh. Yes. Because they obviously had a need for it. Yes. Wait, okay, so neither of those situations is ideal, but as you pointed out, like there were certainly red flags along the way. For the first one, yeah. For the first one. For the second one. He was just a jerk. What a fucking dick. I don't understand. Well, I don't understand because I think that he actually dicked you over because he found himself in a shitty situation and he's like, oh, this is the scapegoat. Right. This is the excuse is what I'm going to do. But I, to some extent, I'm going to flip it for a minute Although I really don't think that this guy did that. As a breeder, I guess you have to do your due diligence. And if you don't think the dog is going to go into a good place, like, I guess you pull it and, That's what he was saying. And I get it. Not a good place, but... No, but I think... I honestly think that there's no reason why that should have been the excuse. He was telling me, he's like, this is for your your safety and the dog's safety. (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. I know you guys were really really disappointed. I was upset. I was Mm -hmm. upset. It was it was this really sad day for me. But you guys were so excited. Yeah, you guys were super excited. Yes, and it was like almost there. And you guys have been talking about this for so long. Mm -hmm. But then you decided. So we had been talking about for a while, and then we were like, we we went back to the drawing board. We were like, okay, we've been on the Rhodesian thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is a sign because I've been looking. I'm like, I just there's no other breeders. That are having Rhodesian puppies oh, right now. Man. Our friends, they had gotten the last one from that litter. And they, you know, I had reached out to a couple and they were like, oh, a year, whatever. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is time that we reevaluate and look and see, you know, should we get another breed? Maybe God's telling us, like, this dog's not, it's not the time for this dog. It's just not. And um, I... We just kind of went back to like the other breeds that we had been looking at. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this is a sign because I do think that our house is a little bit small for a large dog that needs a lot of exercise. Mm -hmm. Maybe not a large dog that doesn't need a lot of exercise, fine, but like Rhodesians actually do. And so I thought, okay, maybe we should look back at our, the smaller medium breeds that we were considering. And remind me, um, Bichon. No, we were not what looking did, at Bichon. No, what was your dog? Oh, was my Toby? dog was a Bichon. Yeah, yeah Toby okay. was a Bichon. Yes. All right. We were looking at other, I mean, 
Oh, oh my gosh, you guys. We had so many discussions. We went, we, and then we started reaching into these super like off topic breeds that you're like, wait, what is that? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? One of us would be in like the depths of Google and finds <laughs> like some, like I think Adam like found go some breed hole. that there was only one breeder in Texas or something like that. And mm-hmm. I can't even remember what breed it was. And he was like, this is the dog. And I was like, what? Like, it was just so funny. We were like, I don't know. I'm like, what's wrong with us? Because, okay, we had, <laughs> we had like certain things. Like I did not want a dog that shed. Like I was just like really about You guys, about in case that. you haven't picked up on it, Sarah... She, she likes her house clean. I do. And I just was like, I don't want to deal with shedding. And I'm, I have bad allergies. Like, Ooh. Yes. And I, for one, I also have allergies. I am appreciative. Yeah. I just, I know. benefit from that. Yes. Not to say that like, there's beautiful dogs that shed and people are okay with And that's fine. That's fine. But the thing is like, you also want a dog who is going to alert when yes, we wanted a dog. You that, don't want just someone who's a dog who's terrified. Yes, we wanted a dog that's going to at least be like a guard dog, a dog that you know is good with kids and is you know has a good temperament and all of that. Yeah. Okay. So, so I was all I always liked small medium dogs. Adam always liked bigger dogs, but we started and he's like, you know, the only like. Smaller dogs I'd really consider are Scottish Terriers mm-hmm. and um, Westies. So I nix the Westies, even though they are adorable, because they're a, like at least from what I've seen a little bit more vocal. Oh, okay. But I mean, I could be wrong. I think it's every dog, but that's that's kind of oh you God, know. What is this cheese? Which one? This one. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh my god. Is it good? It has like a peanut butter aftertaste. It's like oh. glorious. Oh, good. Oh my god, I love it. Okay, sorry. I don't remember what it is. Anyway. To be honest, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um I love it. I'm, I'm glad you're ling- enjoying it. I'm gonna let this linger for a little bit. Well your wine. Your wine lingers too. It it does, but I'm gonna hold off on drinking it a little <laughs> bit. Um anyways, I started looking, I'm like, you know what? Let's look at Scottish Terriers. They, there's, there's a few things about them when you read about them that I was like, eh, I'm not sure about that. But like, let's look, you're not going to find like the perfect dog in terms of like when you, and something I've learned from this is like the descriptions are sometimes right. And sometimes no, not at all. You know, cause like your dog is, it's just like kids, right? And this is exactly sense. like someone <clears throat> like a mom might be like, oh, well, like you should only use this bottle. And then that bottle doesn't. Like work for like every kid's different right and it's just like dogs like yes there are some like commonalities within a breed but like they're all all, you'll get also you'll get a personality temperament but you also again you want a dog to have a personality too yes not just to be like just a lump that sits there yes yeah so we started looking scottish terriers um they don't shed they're supposed to be good family dogs they're supposed to be protective um independent and i was like you know kind of sounds good they're they're cute but you know scottish terriers were one of those breeds that you don't see much anymore and they were kind of um just like it was hard to find breeders and part of the reason adam was interested in them is because his mom she didn't have a Scottish Terrier, but she was very close to one through like a family friend or something. That's how and, I was with Golden. So okay. I, I, I yes. feel that connection. And always talks about them and they even have at their lake house like a little Scottish Terrier thing on the wall. Oh. Yes. So she was very fond of them and it always talked so well of the one that she was close to. And so he was like, you know. Always put, in the back of his mind. Yeah. Okay. So one day we're sitting outside and I had been talking. I found this. Um, Scottish Terrier breeder in was it Kansas City or That's... no Kansas? It was Kansas, I think. Yeah, she was really nice, and we had been having a good conversation. And she had all the paperwork, and she seemed legit. Went on her page, and she had a litter coming up, and she had two, three males left, okay. and or no, two males left, two. And she was like, you know, if you're interested. You could put a deposit. You could get one in, I don't know, I think it was like 
six weeks or something like that. And I remember I was like sitting outside and I'm like, I was looking at him like, what do you think? He's like, totally up to you. Like we were so jaded at that point. I'm like, I'm going to do it. Like that's how, that's like literally how the conversation went. And I just Venmoed her the money. You're like, do it. I was like, sounds good. I'm like, I guess we'll have to figure out how we're getting this dog from Kansas. Backtrack for one second. Wasn't there a breeder here of Scottish Terriers that, did you go meet them? Mm -mm. Just to be around. I was talking to uh, someone about that, but I never actually went. Okay. And it wasn't about a breeder. It was like some woman who like had babies. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I... I knew that it wasn't an option to get one, but I, I thought that there was maybe the opportunity to like go just like be around the Scottish Terriers. Yeah, no, okay. I think it was like a friend of a breeder or she used to be one or mm. something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's so funny. So I'm like, we couldn't go that weekend for some reason. I'm trying to think. I think it was because... To go pick up the dog. Yes. Adam had family coming in. We had been planning it. Yeah. And I didn't know, it was like 4th of July that she wanted these dogs picked up. I didn't know what to do. So I talked to her about it and she goes, oh, you're from Wisconsin. There's actually someone who is getting a puppy from Wisconsin. Maybe I can put you guys in touch and you guys can like figure something out. Amazing. I'm like, okay. So she gives me this guy's number and he lives a mile away, guys. Amazing. A mile away. Crazy. Brothers! So I call nicest people, the nicest people. Thank you, Steve and Allison. You guys are awesome. <laughs> nicest people. They um, were so kind to go and they were driving anyways. And they're like, we have no problem picking him up. Didn't want to take any money. We're super sweet. I just got their dog some toys and they were Aww. fine with that. But um, I think it was good for both puppies to not be separated. So, yeah, they dropped him off. Pause for a second. Just think what it must be like for a puppy. I know. To be removed from not only your mother, but also all of your siblings. And the family and who has been raising mm-hmm. everything. And to be, like, have your world upended, you're, you must be terrified. Mm-hmm. So to be able to make the drive... Mm-hmm. From Kansas to Wisconsin with your brother and to still continue to have a relationship with that brother, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, I think that that is, it, it's, it's amazing. And I'm sure that that actually had to be beneficial for both dogs. I agree. And um, it was funny because we actually, so they chose their dog before us. They had, so we chose through video. Mm-hmm. And there was two left when we got to choose. And it was clear which one we wanted. We were oh, like, yeah. that's that's our dog. Anyways, they drop him off and we have this tiny four-pound puppy. named what We named him Winston. You guys, he was the cutest little thing. He, I mean, he still cute. is super cute, but... He was fit in one the hand. The cutest little thing. And I was... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So cute. And he we had could Adam's, be one of my best friends. That's I know. Fine. We had Adam's entire family at our house the next day, and it was the it was July. It was so hot, and he was such a little champ. Aww. He just went from person to person, and then he stayed in his little like puppy area. We had him like gated off, and Aww. yeah, he was great. And then training started. So you got it, you guys. There's a lot of it's like there's a lot to do. <clears throat> training is super important. However, I just have to say, Sarah, I just remember I came over. Shortly after you got him, you were all ready. Oh, yeah. I started right away. You started immediately. And let me tell you guys, I... And now, okay. I grew up with a golden retriever across the street from me who was like... I treated her like my own. She was like my absolute favorite. I... When she passed away, I was like the most distraught human being alive. But I took to heart so much that it was so important to have your dog trained and so that your dog listened and it's not a way to like be mean or anything like that but it is a way to make sure that you can protect your dog and your dog can protect you it's there's i mean like it's just like disciplining kids right but they also need structure and yes they do they do they do it's like that's what i'm saying it's very and it's it's not the same but there is some similar things yeah and it's so important to start early because if you don't do it early on it's, and you're not consistent with it. You have it. to be consistent. Yep. And everybody needs to be consistent with it. Then it's not going to work. But yeah. never having done this myself, 
saw Winston at four days old. Sarah was already starting with like commands and like trying to like do like the no jumping or whatever. And I was just like, oh my God, she's like, she's like amazing. Like she's doing this like, who would even think to do this so early? I'd just be like, oh my God, you're such a cute puppy and like not do anything. Oh, I had read so I, much at that point. I was like. I would be the worst dog parent ever. I'm sure of it. I highly doubt that. No, I, highly... I seriously would be like, you're just too cute. This is Sean Until they Tommy. start peeing all over your house and then you'd be like, okay. We gotta do something. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you're so cute, but you're peeing all over that, my house. No, yeah, that's not gonna work out. Mm-hmm. But no, so I'd never probably given much thought about it before. But when you did it with Winston, I was just like, oh, well, by all means, everybody should do this immediately, yeah. and then do more rigorous training. So you mm-hmm. just did stuff on your own here, but you ended up taking him to obedience. I took him to right? puppy class. Yeah. Um, so we are lucky because he's a very trainable dog. Yeah. And so... Is that also, he, like, their temperament? Like, the Scotty? They're super smart. Yeah. But potty training was really hard. He was so good at commands mm-hmm. and sit and all of that. But potty training was... And I don't know if it's because he was a smaller dog and he had a small bladder. And they say it takes longer mm. with them. With smaller about dogs. Yeah. But, oh, my God, you guys. I was so consistent. And I thought he was never going to be potty trained. Ever. And... Now he uses the bell. And we got the bell. Because we don't have a dog door and we don't have a place where you can, like our back door, you can't really see when he's sitting there. Mm -hmm. So we needed to have a way that we would know he was at the door. And he's not a vocal dog. He's a pretty quiet dog. He's not going to bark and let you know he's at the door. He's just going to sit there. So like, (laughs) it was like, I would walk over sometimes and he'd just be sitting at the door, silent. And I'm like... You got to let us know where you're buddy. buddy, how long have you been here? Yeah. So uh, we started with, we got the bell too. And oh my God, I swear, I think it was three months. I don't remember. I think I remember going to the vet and being like, he's, is something wrong with him? Why can't he get potty trained? Was it that long? Oh gosh, it was like a long time. We were in puppy class too. And I'm like, he's never going to get this bell. Every time I'd go out, I'd ding it. And he would just look at me and I'm like, how come you get everything else? And then I swear to God, one day. It just clicked. It just clicked. And we were sitting and I just hear the bell. And I was like, <clears throat> oh my God, did he just ring the bell? And sure enough, that was him. And now, trust me when I tell you, he knows how to use the bell. I'm pretty sure that our listeners have heard it yeah. once or twice in the background. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Oh, and if you don't get to him fast enough, he dings it multiple he gets, times. He gets Especially if he really has to persistent. go. He's like, ding, ding. So I've be, actually become... <laughs> A butler to a dog is what's happened. It's like you're like in, oh my God, Downton Abbey. Yeah. And you're, mm-hmm. yeah, you're waiting for the little bell to ring from That's each exactly of the rooms. Mm-hmm. I did not think about that when we decided to use the bell. Because it's not that. the bell. There are bells that hang on the doorknob. And this no. is the bell that he actually has to press with his little paw. It's an intentional move. And every time we go somewhere else, so if we go on vacation or we go to my mom's house or something, we have to bring the bell. So that he knows where the bell is to let us know he has to go out. Well, I like to think that that also means that he knows that he shouldn't pee or poop in anyone else's house. Like in a new space. He Because if he knows that he's got a bell, then he knows that there's a mm -hmm. way to get out. Number two, never, ever, ever does he have accidents. Ever. Anywhere. And I even think when we were potty training him, it was only twice in the house. It was always... Oh, it was very infrequent. It was very... I think it only happened twice. Seriously. The only thing about him going to a new place and maybe tinkling a little is if they have a dog. He's a territorial dog, Mm -hmm. so he might mark his territory. Okay. But he'll do it once and then he won't do it again because we will yell at him. Oh. And he knows. So that's the only thing. I get really nervous when we go into someone's house who they have a dog. If they don't have a dog, it's like my mom's house. He's never had an accident. Like maybe he had one accident there when he was young. Yeah. And that was it. You go into a house like where there's dogs, I'm a little... You know, always a little leery, but yeah. I can't mm-hmm. imagine that those other dogs haven't also peed somewhere in that house. I don't know. I can tell you he has not peed in this house in a very, very, very long time. So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's did you sign him up for obedience because you felt that he I didn't needed he something need... extra? No, or... I just wanted to. I don't know all the tricks and I thought it'd be well, good for okay. him to be with other puppies. To socialize. And mind sure. you, again, this is in the middle of COVID and there was so few options Mm -hmm. 
So I finally found a place that was doing classes. I mean, there was all these like rules, you know. Yeah. We had to have our own little bench and you had to like wear a mask and yada, yada. And they were only allowing a few handful of people at a time. But it was at least good because he did get to see other dogs. And I did learn stuff that like I didn't. You know, wouldn't have been the top of your mind. Exactly. And they know how to pick up on dog cues that you don't know. Yeah. And so we did that. I think it was like a six or eight week class that we went once a week. And then you like go home and you practice the stuff that you learn. And like I said, he's super trainable. Yeah. So, and he's very treat, like, I guess if you don't have a dog that's food oriented, that's much harder to train. That's what? Food oriented. Oh, food oriented. So they like treats and Mm -hmm. food. Mm -hmm. They're much harder to train than dogs that are... Treat, and he is he's in, super he's extri- extrinsically motivated. To the point where I should be spelling the word out so he doesn't hear me right now. <laughs> uh, so that made it easier to train. Do you know what's funny? Well. Is I was wondering if just like a couple minutes ago if, or like a minute ago if I heard him like. He, you did. Move. Okay, all right. You he heard him because he heard because like, of like, what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like looking around like, did she just say treat? Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I'm waiting for him to come around the corner. Yeah. He, he's going to like be like. Treat anyone? I'm sorry. He jumps on me all the time. Yes, I know. It he doesn't shouldn't. bother me. He shouldn't. I know though. he shouldn't, but he shouldn't. He's That's something buddy. we've had a hard time with. He's my buddy. I know. He does like it. it it's not too bad. He's not a big dog, so I don't get like right. too crazy mm-hmm. for him. But he shouldn't. And we've we have been working on that. So no, he's. But, I think he's a fantastic dog, and I think thank it's you. just it's just so interesting because. Certainly, if you had gotten Rhodesian, that would have been my first experience with, like, a super large dog. Not to say that I'm, like, ever particularly uncomfortable with dogs, except for, um, oh, my God, what, oh, my God, what was that? Doberman I mean, Pinscher. And honestly, oh. I've been uncomfortable with certain dogs before. Have you ever seen a Doberman Pinscher? Yes, we had two living me. next door to us. Shut the fuck up. And they almost attacked my little dog when I was, we were there. Yeah, they were crazy. I was getting cornered by one yeah, at a family, scary. at a party. When I was like, I don't know, 10 or something. And I could not have been more terrified of dog. Oh, my God. The whole dog situation is just so interesting to me. I mean, I've always wanted one of my own. I always wanted a golden retriever. But I also now have developed allergies as an adult. And I'm just like, I'm good with other people's dogs. So I have cat allergies. I don't have dog allergies, thankfully. But like the shedding, it's because of the dander they bring in. Right. So since he doesn't, that's... Great. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think I think the stars were aligned for us in terms like he is the perfect dog for us. My husband, who was like so per, per, like he so wanted a big dog. He's so obsessed with him, and he does not discipline him, and he gives in every time, and he loves him so much, and like he's obsessed. Like it's so funny because he's like. I'm like, do not feed him from the table. And he's like, but look at his little face. Sarah, I remember when, was it Adam's cousin who was visiting and we were out in front having pizza? Yeah. And Winston like jumps up, puts his nose in and starts licking the grease. You're like, no. And Adam's like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, literally. Like, this is my life. Oh, it's so funny. It's my life. And like. It's so funny. You know, he just, and Winston just adores him. And like, it's, if I just like, you know, hint at the fact that he's coming home, he freaks out. Like. Aww. So, and he is a small dog, but he has a when he, he doesn't bark often, but when he does, it is loud. I've been on work calls where they're like, didn't you say you have a Scottish Terrier? I'm like, yeah. They're like, his bark is, his bark is worse than his bite. It's true. Well, I don't know. He's feisty, man. He's definitely on guard, which is great. <laughs> Let me, okay. So he, okay. So I just have to raise this because I just learned about this the other day, Sarah, and I I needed to ask you. Are you aware of there is a place in, I think it's Menominee Falls, so like what, 15 minutes from here, maybe, 20 minutes? It is a doggy, I have to get this right, a doggy daycare slash boarding, an outdoor and indoor dog park. And a tavern. Oh. Are you aware of a place like this? Like a tavern for humans? Yeah, for humans. No, I'm not. I mean, we take them to a doggy daycare five minutes Uh, away that's also a boarding place and has indoor and outdoor areas, but no. But this has like an attached 
tavern. No, or I must go. One of our friends just told me about this. He now works there. And I was just like, wait, what? Although, can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. In the summer, Milwaukee's really the kind of place where everything's outdoors and everyone allows dogs. So I, mean, I kind of feel true. like every bar you go to outdoors is a, like a... That is, you know what though? That's true, but, but not every place allows the dogs inside. So true. like I saw a picture and they had, and I don't, here's the th- the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, oh my God, I don't know how prevalent this is. Like, I don't know how common it is to find a place that does all of these things. I thought that this was super interesting. And I know a couple, a couple breweries like in the area and bars a like, lot of breweries do that. Yeah. draft and vessel the new place allows dogs we oh, saw them inside that yeah it's cool and then there's like a couple places downtown like i think mobcraft allows dogs and then there's um black husky brewing so, i think can i just as yes, a dog i want to hear your mm-hmm. i'm gonna say this i'm okay with bars allowing dogs it's a bar yeah i'm fine with that it's i think it's cool whatever I was in California visiting my cousin and my friend, and we went to this super high-end mall. Louis Vuitton, Christian Louboutin. Like what were you buying, stores. girl? No, I mean, they all said regular stores. <laughs> I wish. Please. They all said regular stores, like Bloomingdale's and Zara and Macy's and, yeah, okay. you know, whatever. They also had these high-end stores, super high-end stores. And there are dogs Everywhere. Was it an indoor mall? Indoor mall. Mm. And big dogs, too. To the point where some stores had doggy bowls outside their store. Obviously, they're not outside. This is just like a full-on indoor mall. And I'm like, what is going on? Also, like, what if the dog just lifts its leg? Oh, my God. On the merchandise? I'm sorry, but like... Christian Louboutin? That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sorry, but like your dog is in an environment that they don't know where they are. You have nowhere to take them to pee. Like in an airport, if you, if you're walking through an airport, sometimes they have like animal relief area. You know, baseball parks do too. Yes. Because they'll have dog days at the park. Right. Mm -hmm. Like a bar is a bar. It's a little bar. You can take them outside. Even if they piss on the floor, it's a bar. Like, I'm sure, like it's not ideal, but it's fine yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. like bars no i get gross listen i get it i if you were gonna say that it was an outdoor mall i'd be like well i mean i could make the i could see the argument that like yeah dogs i mean it's california like i guess no it was a full-on indoor mall like going to mayfair yeah that's insane and like my cousin was like you have no idea like this is we were in nordstrom and there's just like and like, by the way, it's or, like you have all these people around and like you have to control your dog. Well, you like, know, too, I just, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Do you belong to dog parks around here? Here, Okay, so no. here's something else. I feel like when you do belong to a dog park. Do you have to belong to a dog park? I think you could just go. I think some of them you have to belong to. Oh, I, I don't know. I think. We just take them to the park. I have no idea. Okay, now I'm questioning a lot of things. But, sorry, I think that you need to like sometimes get a like a membership and then also to you're you need to prove like you know certain breeds are not allowed in certain places too it's true but so if you're at an indoor mall enclosed space within an enclosed space i'm just thinking if there is a dog altercation that occurs in between racks of clothing like what the what do you do I don't know. That's outrageous. California. Also, like, I don't if know you're gonna go try something on, what does your dog come in with you? Like, oh my god. Like I have so, so many, many questions. questions. So many questions. If anybody knows, let us know. Just that I'm is like, so interesting. I don't listen. I love my dog to death. I don't need him <laughs> to come with me to buy clothes. That's annoying. <laughs> Like, it's different if you're at a bar and you're sitting with friends and your dog's just sitting there and, like, yes. hanging out with you. Yes. Like, cool, fine. But, like, did you know that back in college I did a, an entrepreneurship project where I created a business plan for the Companion Cafe? Oh. And it was an attached dog park, enclosed dog park, to a, um, a cafe because I felt bad for all of the puppies that oh. just sat tied up outside oh. of the coffee shop I worked at. And I was like... There needs to be a better way. Oh, you're so sweet. That was like still keeping things separate because I also realized that people may want to go to your place of service, but they're not comfortable with dogs. Sure. So that's unfair to the population who's like terrified, allergic, 
whatever. I just don't think that that's fair. Yeah. And I think that everybody should have an option. But I'll have to find out the name of that place and let you know. Because I just think yes. it'd be, I would want you to take Winston so that I could go with you. Yes. And not should. feel weird we about all going. Go. We should all um, go. I think that would be really fun. Or we could just have a bar in your backyard. We could do that too. Is Adam still brewing beer? Um, He hasn't lately, but we still have some of his beer that he has brewed and I'm sure he will. I was just asking if yeah. there was going to be like a release of anything new. But. No, there could be. Brewing beer is not as complicated as wine. That's true. It's like a one day situation. <laughs> <laughs> but back to our wine. Back to our wine. I still think it is... Okay, this thing is big, bold on the nose. It's lacking the extra depth I would expect from a petite syrah. I think it's almost favoring a Primitivo because Primitivo is pretty mild, I Which think. it is 15%, yes. Correct. I actually think it's picking up more characteristics from that mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. what I would associate with typical petite syrah. Not that that's It's. I'll tell bad. you this. I am I, enjoying and have enjoyed this glass. Two glasses, whatever, I drink. Um, We're halfway through the bottle. It's an interesting wine. There is a lot of flavor. There's some interesting characteristics. It's not a wine that I want to, can like, it's not, a, I, I guess it's not an easy drinking wine in the sense that you, you're not like, just like, oh, I need more, I need more. It's like one of those wines that you take a sip, you think about it, you have like, a piece of cheese well, or whatever and you go back yeah because there is a lot going on i think that's part of it it's not but like you said it's I not think the food also amplifies it i agree in a good way in a good way yeah um and it's like a, like you said it's not full-bodied but there is a lot of flavor yeah you know so you do want to take your time with it a little bit um and i do think that food does complement it very well um it's funny because they said in their description, like what did they or say? Somewhat, one of the descriptions I look at said venison tenderloin, and we have venison kind of jerky here right now, so that's kind of funny. Again, I think when you talk about well, if this is wine specific, I'm, I do think because there's a little pepper in that, there's a little pepper in this. I think there's still a touch less pepper than I would expect from the petite syrah, and again, less tannin. But I think that the foods amplify it. I think that it is one of those wines where if you're drinking it just on its own, it, it does lack a little bit. And so you're not going to drink like, you can't easily go down the the path of, oh, shoot, I just went through like three quarters that, of this bottle by that's myself. That's what I'm saying. It's not yeah, that kind of It's not of like one of those wines where you're drinking, just like, oh, where you just yeah. don't even realize. And it's like, oh my God, this is like yeah. just going yeah. down. You but do take your time with it. You do think about it. I think food helps it. Mm-hmm. Just wish that there was a little bit a extra little more tannin, tannin, little extra yeah. body. Just just like a tiniest tidbit. It's the missing tannin that I think is preventing me from putting this higher up. And that's fair. That's but, fair. Well, I mean, overall, I think I this wonder is why they called it pets. I didn't find that anywhere. Sarah. Does it say it on the back? Okay, hear me out. Pets. Pet. Syrah. Petite Syrah. Pet. Oh, okay. That is just my guess. Yes. It's just like so I go with it. This is what they say on the label. Some of our favorite vineyards of all time provided us with our precious petite. Every spot was lost eventually, one bad ending after another. Aww. Thought I would give it up entirely, but never say never, people. Why is it that when you aren't looking, something new will cross your path that you can't refuse? Which is hilarious because I feel like that's how we just talked that's about getting That's what the rotation in Scottish. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. But they have animals on here. They definitely do. There's, now, they're like the kind of hidden in the label. You see now, outlines of different animals. If you look at the cork, it says local knowledge and traditional techniques. So I'm pretty sure this is a picture of Santa Barbara County, which is just a unique wine growing region anyway yeah. in California. Anyway... I think that Winston's great. Winston's very good with my baby, basically meaning that he doesn't really care too much about her. Um, he likes kids, but he's like, I'm not sure what to do, but he's pretty good with kids. Yeah, but he yeah. he's not like all up in her face constantly, and he gives her her space, and it's great, and I love it. And But I also, I just love Winston too. I think Aww, he's a fantastic, so fantastic dog. Well, he loves you, obviously. He freaks out every time you come in. He's my buddy. Yes, he's your buddy. 
All right. Well, we haven't done a petite syrup for a while, I a think. And I, I I'm glad that we were able to. What? I, I am too. I am too. And I'm glad that we have Winston. <laughs> he is awesome. And uh, yeah, that's it. It's amazing that we he has not come over here once since we started recording. Oh, this is his normal day routine. But it's Sunday. But I think I've entertained him more than I normally do during the day. Oh, so okay. he's a little bit so like... So he's chill. He's totally passed out, you guys, on the bed. And may I just say something very lucky about this dog is that he hates mornings. So he sleeps <laughs> in. Like the whole thing about your dog wakes you up. At 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. No, 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 no. We have to drag this dog. Like, he, you have to He's wake like him a teenager. Up. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, we totally lucked out with that. But that's anyway. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. To pets. To pets. Cheers. Everywhere. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at DBP Cheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.